McMaster University has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world, and they are some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we meet alumni in the arts, cutting edge entrepreneurs, alumni leading the way in health, technology, education, and more, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. I am very pleased today to introduce Alicia Chung, a 2016 Life Sciences graduate. Determined not to take the conventional route many take after their studies, Alicia's passion for beauty, fashion, and skincare helped her launch her career from what she thought she wanted into her dream industry of public relations. Through her creativity, Alicia was able to carve her path and make a brand for herself, standing out from other competitors looking for similar positions. She landed her first two roles with two large corporations, Sephora and Amazon, and later gained boutique experience working for other luxury brands, including Dior Beauty and David Yearman. In our conversation, we learn about her current role and how she's managed during the pandemic. Alicia's goal is to tell meaningful and relatable stories through media and influencer relations and reach a broad audience that could grow an affinity for the brand. Alicia has proved that you don't need to be confined to what is expected of you on paper. Please join me as we welcome Belisha to Unconventional. Welcome to Unconventional, Belisha. So glad that you could join us today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, where are you right now? Are you? I'm in Toronto. You are in Toronto. Okay. Yeah. You never know anymore. Like, and like, so where is everybody? <laughs> I know. I was listening to a couple of your episodes and I hear that some people have gone, like they moved away and came back and you never know with the pandemic, like where home is for them. So yeah. Yes, I'm in Toronto. <laughs> You're in Toronto. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. All right. So here we go. So I'm going to ask you to go back to a time when you were an undergraduate student at McMaster. And were, were you one of the students that had sort of a master plan that you had kind of mapped out how your career path would be um, as you were getting ready to graduate? And if so, what that master plan might have looked like at that time? Absolutely. I feel like it was always, it's, ingrained in me to plan way, way far in advance. And so when I approached even grade 12, I had my four-year plan lined up. I knew exactly where I wanted to apply to for my um, summer jobs. But of course, things just don't fall into place that way. Um, I had gone into life sciences hoping to become a dentist. And that was... I actually don't really know where that started, where that <laughs> dream started, but I thought, why not? Maybe I had this entrepreneurial spirit. I liked the fact that it was possibly my own business, but after doing a summer internship at a dental office near my house for, I think it was the first summer, I hated it. I could not, I could not get excited to wake up in the morning and sit there. I was honestly watching the time go by minute by minute. And in that moment, I panicked like that was the first time that I thought everything that I had planned is not how I want it to happen anymore what now I've already taken all these courses I've already signed up and figured out what I wanted my next couple of years to look like where do I go from here and so that's how I really started to dig like what are my day-to-days like what do I love doing in my day-to-day life what is what do I find is 
exciting for me. And in that moment, um, I was really into beauty and fashion and skincare. So that's, that was the, the first thoughts of where I would go into postgraduate. So it's very interesting when you said that you, know, you had a, a job, a summer job in a career that you thought you were going to be in. I yeah. had a similar experience, the exact same thing. I thought I wanted to do something. I got a job in it when I was a student and realized this is not for me. I no. really don't like this. And I think it takes a lot of, it, it, it takes a bit of the wind out of your, your, like your, your sales. Cause you're kind of like, this is what I thought it was going to be. So in amongst you, you find your passion for what you um, decided to direct your career towards. What do you think you learned about yourself at that moment when you had that realization of, I'm not really sure if this is really what I really want to do. It was a lot of self-discovery. I feel like I questioned myself and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel this way too, but everything that you were planning for your courses in university, you weren't just planning in your first year. You had been planning since grade nine, maybe even in your high school years, you were deciding if you were going to focus all your classes on sciences or business, et cetera, et cetera. So I had felt like, where did this come from? Like, where did this dream begin? And how can I just make a quick switch? Because at that point, it was my first year. So I did have three more years to go, but I never in that moment did I feel like I have to make a switch now and make a new decision. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if I really discovered anything like new about my personality during that moment. It was really just, oh no, like gotta go back from the ground zero. And now in hindsight, knowing that I had that step and knowing that I've gotten to where I am today, I guess the the now knowing it's, it's okay. Like I just, it's never just one linear movement. It's you're going back and forth, backwards and forwards and sideways. And I just, I think I wish that I knew that back then. So let's go back to when you first graduated. So you're out the first couple minutes, a uh, couple minutes, first couple months uh, <laughs> since McMaster. What was, what was life like for you as a new graduate? And uh, how was your transition from being an undergrad to, okay, I'm done school. Here I am world. Um, I was excited. I was scared because I wasn't really sure what life sciences would mean for me in the professional route. Um, I hadn't done a lot of like jobs, like summer jobs in the science area because I wasn't passionate about it anymore. Um, so I had gone back to doing my retail job. I was working at a local store in, um, by my hometown and it was great, but like I said, I am such a planner. So thankfully in my second, third year, I had decided to try the beauty industry, try going into skincare because um, I was actually watching a YouTube video. And it's funny because my job now is very focused on social media and YouTube and all that. But back then I was watching a YouTube video and for the first time I was able to apply my scientific knowledge into something that I cared about, which was skincare. I was fully following along the video, how certain ingredients worked with our skin. And in that moment, it was a click. So I would say around my third year, I had started paving my way to leaving fully the life sciences, science industry and go after something completely different. So I was working in retail after graduation and um, I was looking to apply into public relations PR. Where that stemmed from, I don't know. I had been, um, I was part of this this club called Style at Mac um, in my third and fourth year. 
And I feel like in that moment, I was like naturally working as if I was in an agency, like a PR agency, even though I didn't even know what that meant. So as I was graduating and trying to figure out what to do, I looked at my resume and it is not a public relations resume. It is a science resume. So what I did was right after graduation, I developed my own portfolio. But instead of submitting a resume, cover letter, portfolio, I knew I needed to be a bit more creative. I needed to put my name out there and make a big impression. So my portfolio was in the form of a magazine. I wrote content. I even shot like a front cover of the magazine, wrote content about the skin, the science behind acne to show my knowledge in skincare, mm-hmm. but also how it could apply in my day-to-day work. Um, I wrote about why I was leaving the science industry and going into PR. And then I actually printed it, bound it like a magazine and hand delivered it to all the agencies in Toronto. I was walking in my heels. I was actually switching out of my running shoes. It was dead summer, (laughs) so sweaty, so hot. I was fanning myself in every single stairway, um, swapping my running shoes for my heels and actually going into every single office, introduce myself. And they were shocked because people people don't do that anymore. They don't apply in person. They just apply online. But we run the risk of them not opening a third attachment or maybe it doesn't even open properly. So I decided to go in and that also allows you to see what the working culture environment is like. So um, I went in, met most of the people that I would likely work with, which was very surprising. I never, I didn't think that I would have that kind of visibility. And then almost immediately, like on my train ride home back to Oakville, I had gotten at least two calls. And then within that week, I got calls back from every single company, either saying, I don't have an opportunity right now, but come in, let's do a meet and greet. I'll show you the space. And then if you decide to work with us later down the line, we have each other's contacts. So I feel like that was something very valuable in my, in my beginning stages of my career, because no one told me that it was okay to make it into PR without studying PR or communications. In some ways, you seem like you're not afraid to take a risk. So has that continued on in your, in your career path? <laughs> I'd like to think so. I am definitely a very calculated person. So I assess every single outcome before I do it. Um, but I would like to say I don't stick within the lines. I like to go above and beyond and see what else, how I can push myself even further. And with this situation, it was just, it just had to happen. Otherwise I wouldn't be able to, if you don't try to your fullest and go above the above and beyond, you never know if it would have worked out or not. So in your work early on, you've worked with some large companies, right? Amazon, Scotiabank, Sephora. What have you yeah. learned from those experiences that you're still drawing on today? Lots. Um, I actually, so I did start my career off with a more corporate agency with um, bigger clients like Sephora and Amazon. And that was really helpful to see structure, organization. Um, I wasn't too in the weeds of things because I was like an intern and then moving into coordinator associate level. So I wasn't very much in the um, deciding factors or those kind of decision-making, um, meetings, but it was nice to see, um, it was nice to see how they organized everything, um, their way of communicating. I feel like now the way that I communicate for my, for press or influencers with my current company, I lean on a lot of the professional, um, tactics that I had learned with the corporate, corporate agency, 
Um, but then leaving that, I knew I needed um, like a boutique experience, a smaller company experience. I wanted to show how I could hustle and work on the fly and not necessarily be tied down to that corporate mentality. Mm-hmm. So I left and moved into um, a smaller agency, but still worked for big brands. I was working for Dior Beauty at the time. And that was also really great because I w- worked with more luxury brands like Dior and David Uriman and so on. So yes, that was very, um, lots of learning experiences over there. So why don't you tell us about your your current job? You know, who are you, who are you working for? Where are they located? And what's, mm-hmm. what, what's your day like? Okay, so I currently work for Caudalie. This is a skincare company based in Bordeaux, France. We are a clean, natural, and sustainable company. In fact, uh, before 2022, we are moving completely towards 100% recycled and recyclable materials. So very sustainable, very forward-thinking company. Um, My day-to-day is, I I still do public relations, um, but public relations is like PR right now, that definition is changing every single day, especially with the pandemic. And I think we were always headed this this way, but the pandemic has just accelerated that. Um, so before PR, you would expect yourself to be email pitching or maybe even calling pitching, um, press to write a story about your company, about any launches or new announcements. And then there would be influencer work where you would help to send products out to influencers, develop um, really experiential events and memorable events that they can post on social media. So that was a lot of my day-to-day before, but with the pandemic right now, my day-to-day is trying to um, still tell the story, still communicate totally to you, to clients, potential clients, but thinking about what are you guys, where are you getting your news? Where are you consuming your news? Where are you seeing all this where are you learning about brands um, at home? And a lot of it is virtual. So we're thinking really on our feet. Um, how do I connect with clients through the same contact through press and influencers, um, but in a more realistic way and also not pushing the boundaries too much because we do want to respect everyone's um, limitations with staying home and not going out to, for example, a Sephora or, a, or one of our boutiques to book a treatment, et cetera. So yes, lots of, still lots of communications. Um, so, you know, the fashion cosmetic industry sometimes has a a bad rap about it. So what surprised (laughs) you when you actually started to work in that industry, um, that most people wouldn't know or wouldn't think about? Honestly, I expected a lot, um, a lot worse. I mean, I love, I love Devil Wears Prada. I expected it to be similar to that because that's on the media side. That's on the magazine world. Um, So I don't really have a visibility on that. I I mean, I have lots of friends on that side, but um, I don't really know the ins and outs of the politics there. But I kind of expected perhaps that kind of leadership um, personality and you get it here and there. I mean, you, you can't avoid that. Anywhere you go, you're going to have conflicting um, leadership. But I think the biggest thing for me was I am so glad that I do PR in Canada. <laughs> I feel like in the other parts of the world, it may be a little bit different. I think in the U.S., it's a whole other ball game. But um, Canadians are nice. <laughs> we we're much nicer. We like to learn more about each other, and it's we're we're more, we're, we're more patient and understanding. Um, but it is a fast paced environment. It is, 
very cutthroat. It is very individualistic. You have to look out for yourself. And that was one of the biggest things that I learned was um, I could not go into a company and adopt their way or learn from them from one end to the other. Like I'm obviously learning from my employers and my company, but I almost had to go into the company and ask myself, what do I bring to the table? I need to PR myself. And in that moment, when I was interning, I didn't have that. It was very early stages of my career, but moving into the later stages of my career, the biggest thing for me was I wanted champion diversity. And that's one of the biggest things that I wanted to bring to the table. So it's very great to know that, I mean, at least in Canadian PR, they're open-minded and they do allow you to have that kind of leadership and ownership. So that's one thing that I guess I really, that surprised me. I didn't have to go in and just follow the lead. I, I could really take the lead. So I'm just going to ask a question around influencers, because I think that's what you you work with, right? You mentioned them a yeah. couple of times, and I'm just a little bit, I'm just going to say that I'm just a little bit older than you. So sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I'm oblivious to this, in, you know, influencers on Instagram and whatnot. So I'm going to ask you sort of like, you know, project in a year, will, will we still be like looking for people who, you know, the Kardashian, the next Kardashians and, and all that? So how much, you know, where do you think that's going? Absolutely. I feel like regardless of social media or not, if that was, um, if we had our access to our phones or not, we have always as humans looked up to people. We always aspire to be like someone in our lives or have role models. So that will always exist. Which platform that's going to exist for us is what's going to change. And you mentioned like Kardashians and so forth. And it, honestly, um, the influencing world is not is not limited to that kind of demographic. I would say for even my mom and her friends and her generation, I always lean on them and talk to them and, and ask, where are you, who are you listening to on the radio? What shows are you watching? My mom is huge on the Marilyn Dennis show. Um, <laughs> so those things, like those conversations, those are the people that I want to also li like listen to because they may not have access to TikTok or Instagram, but they all are, they're also watching the news or getting inspiration from somewhere else, maybe the magazine. So um, the influencing world will continue to exist, but it's where you consume that will change. So when you were um, entering into this world and deciding this is going to be your career, did you have a role model or a mentor? Um, did you seek someone out? And what would, advice would you give to a student who's um, graduating about the importance of mentorship? Oh, absolutely. I had a mentor. Her name is Talia Macedo. And she was um, sort of like my manager at my very first job. Her role was specifically with PR. Um, we worked together with the Sephora account. And I leaned on her a lot, not just with my day-to-day -day, um, like deliverables or responsibilities, but on a holistic sense. I, I didn't tap into, when I bring it back to what do I bring to the table? I didn't bring, mm -hmm. tap into that um, until I had met her and I watched her operate and communicate with not just her team members, but press and influencers. Um, so it was, that was very valuable to me. And I still talk to her to this day, anytime I'm having any kind of difficulties or I'm and awing about certain things, but I feel like it's, it, it has, you have to have some sort of guidance, no matter at what stage you're in, in your career, whether you're just starting out or you're very far along in your career, it always helps to have a third point of view, um, whether they're completely in your industry or not. I think it's, it's very valuable information. 
Um, but yes, I, I would highly recommend reaching out to someone through social media. That's a huge tool. LinkedIn, I, I know a lot of people are probably mm-hmm. already on this, but um, my biggest thing is go to the brands that you would you aspire to work at or you're very inspired by. Um, have a meaningful conversation. I would not just open up with asking, um, I'm very interested in your role. Uh, do you have any advice for me? I, I, um, I talk about PR as if I, it's like speed dating where you want to get to know the other person and, and within the 30 minutes that you have over coffee, um, you want to learn a lot about them and, but you have to also snooze your way over. So it's, it's a very, it's a fine line between trying to get all the information that you can and also trying to make sure that you show them how much you value their opinion and their knowledge. Um, and then from there, you can build that kind of trust and relationship moving forward. So this year is uh, this past year has been, you know, no one would have predicted this, or if, if there was someone who predicted it, I missed it. <laughs> what, what, what have you learned about yourself from, from this experience, you know, from the pandemic? I'm a homebody. Um, I mean, I always think I knew that, but in PR, I've always, it's always about networking and talking to people and going out for lunches and hosting events. So it was part of my role to be in front of people at all times. Um, but being home, I just, it's been such a relief. Like I feel so much more myself. Um, but I also am learning career wise that even since graduating, I'm never one to just sit there and think, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable right now and I'll grow as time goes on. But um, I think the pandemic really shocked and kind of scared me a little bit to see how fast PR was changing. So I, and one of the biggest advice that my mentor gave me was if your current role is not serving you the way that you had always wanted or envisioned, create that space for yourself. So right now, yes, I'm in PR and that's a very specific definition that I was hired to do, but I also want to lean a bit more into digital and e-commerce and learning about how I can connect the dots from working with an influencer and seeing how that generated sales, for example. Mm -hmm. So right now I'm creating that space for myself. I'm putting my hand up and saying, I know you have someone already in the e-commerce side, but who's doing the connecting? Who's providing those insights and showing you the demographic they're actually going from point A to point B to actually purchasing and putting it in their checkouts? So that's a very specific role for me. But even if you're in retail, if you're still in your between your graduation to your first job and you're in retail and you want to be in the music industry, but you can't because you're working sales, I would say suggest putting the soundtrack together for the store. Little things like that, you can be open-minded and kind of insert yourself in ways that will make you feel fulfilled, even if your current role is not what you want to do. So what is one piece of advice you wish you knew when you first graduated from Mac? Speak up. I had no voice when I graduated. I felt like you had to do your time, go through the ranks, and maybe that was the corporate mentality. But I didn't find my voice until I left that company and I started leading a team. But, um, and even today, like I find it difficult speaking up in front of a lot of people when I do have an opposing opinion. Um, but that's, that's definitely one thing that I wish I had done more of in my early stages and, and made mistakes that way too. So I can um, perfect that, I guess. But mm-hmm. yes, I, need, I wish I found my voice a little earlier on. So what's next for Belisha? What do you see yourself doing in professionally in five to 10 years? Five to 10 years. Well, um, 
it's hard to say what pure is going to look like in five to 10 years. It's, I don't think it's going to even be the same next year. Um, so I still feel like I'll be in that world of connecting clients or potential clients with a person of influence. Um, but I do have that entrepreneurial spirit to me. And I, I feel like I have possibly one more place to learn from. Um, I love Codalie and I do see myself here for a while, but I feel like I am missing that one piece of the puzzle that's not necessarily skincare related. I would like to diversify my portfolio a little bit. And then after that, hopefully do something on my own and, and lead something that um, I'm proud of and I, I have the ins and outs of. So one of the things we like to do at the end of our podcast conversation is do some rapid fire questions. So here you go. All right. What's your favorite memory of McMaster? I was leading the club Stout Mac and um, the final year, my fourth year, we were working hard towards this end of year event, which was the fashion show. And I think even though the fashion show day itself was a stressful time, lots of um, unexpected events happened, but looking out at the audience and we had a, like around 300 people attend, looking out at the audience and seeing the models come through the runway and just imagining everything that I had done, even just from the first year to now, I could not believe that I was able to do that and build that with a team of like 50 people. So it was a difficult time, but it was in that moment that I knew I could create something like this and I, I am so young. So yes, that was a very like memorable moment for me. So what book are you currently reading or a podcast you would recommend? <laughs> Um, I was one of those people who joined a, a book club, uh, early on in the pandemic. And then after, and we were reading books like that, <laughs> so I, I've taken a break. I haven't been reading books that often. Um, but I am loving the podcast second life. It's not a new podcast, but second life is, um, from, it was developed by Hillary Kerr and she's from, um, who, what, where the magazine and they interview, um, entrepreneurs who have worked several different jobs in their life. So they talk about this being their second life and oh, cool. um, what they did in their, their past lives, um, what their dream job was, what their failures were, um, and just all the learnings and challenges that they had to overcome to get to their current entrepreneurial moment. Best COVID purchase. I mean, it's hard to, it's difficult to say that She's a purchase, but um, my partner and I got a, a dog <laughs> during oh. COVID. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, she's a family member, so I can't say we purchased her, yeah. but we did purchase her. Yeah. Um, yes, her name is Toby, and she is eight months now. She's a little rascal. Otherwise, if, if I had let her here, she would be barking up a storm, so I made sure that my partner was taking her for a, a quick walk <laughs> while we spoke. <laughs> That's good. Uh, what living person do you most admire? living person that I most admire I've honestly like I know it's so cliche but both my parents have have overcome so much they've um they were both the first in their families to go to school to go to university and not only university but to come to Canada and they went to UT and um they they've just done so much in being like from Hong Kong and not knowing the language fully I, I look at them and I just I'm thinking like I, I had everything, all the tools, and I'm still struggling, and you didn't. You, you didn't come with a lot of money. You came not knowing anyone. There was no family here, and yet here you are, and 
I still learn from them so, so much. And I wish I could see them every weekend. But um, yeah, I feel like every time I, I speak with my parents, I learn something new. And that's, that's just so valuable to me. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Wow. Um, I feel like that's more of like a situational contentment, like feeling like I, I have built something and I built it for me. I wasn't building it because I saw the trends of the market or I, um, I was, um, thinking that it's something that was the next step of my career. I want to do something that inspires me. And I feel like is a natural progression in my life. Um, so I'd like to, I hope that one day I can, I can feel like I've done something for me and I am so confident in myself and in, and who I am. I feel like that would be the ideal way to say that I am perfectly happy. And then finally, what one song best describes your time at McMaster? I was, I can't even remember what songs I was listening to back then, but um, we were in Thode a lot studying for exams. And I feel like a lot of that was Beyonce listening to Beyonce <laughs> to get me through those exams. So possibly that, but I can't remember if there was one single song. I, w- I am one of those people though. If I love a song, I play it on repeat. I don't think I, I can't remember what song that would have been, but I'm sure it was something from Beyonce. Well, you know, you can never go wrong with the Beyonce, with Beyonce songs. So there we go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Belisha, this has been wonderful. It's been so good to get to, to meet you and learn a little bit more about your unconventional journey from McMaster, from life science yeah. student to cosmetic public relations guru. Um, mm-hmm. And I know we'll continue to keep an eye on your career and uh, wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I really appreciated this. And it's, I really love the concept of this as well. I feel like there's no one way, no one path for a career. So thank you so much for thinking of me and having me on this. 